I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let me get this straight. Steve Versnick, the Rays bullpen needs so much help that they put Buck's first round pick, Kalijah Cansey, on the bump. Well, they tried him out before the game, but it it was not pretty, so they did not activate him for the game. (laughs) So. So if you missed it, and I did, and apparently so did the catcher, um, <laughs> the uh, Bucks' first-round pick, Elijah Cansey, defensive tackle from Pitt, was uh, you know introduced to the to the Tampa Bay Faith. He at least mm-hmm. got a good hand, right? Yes, he did. Almost oh, nine thousand yes. in the building. Yes, he did. Um, but I don't know. You know, there's there's several things about this. First of all, I never realized how hard it was to throw a baseball. And I'm not. I'm being serious about this a little bit. For those that just don't do it often, right? Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. easy enough, you know, if you're going overhand. I mean, you know, grab ball, see ball, throw ball. Um, but, I mean, if you're standing out there in the middle of a, of a major league diamond and no matter who's watching, it can be a little nerve-wracking. And mm-hmm. then if you get on the hill, th- that's a whole different thing because you're coming off the bump and then the, the elevation of the ball versus the release point. Yes. It's not something you do. He was behind the mound? Is that, that right? That was part of his problem. So he started behind the rubber, which, mm. you know, usually if you're on the mound, you'll be, you know, they don't want you on the rubber. So usually you're, you know, a step or two onto the mound if you're going to go yeah. up the hill at all. Not right. behind the rubber. Right. So, so he didn't know where to position himself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a sign of I don't really know much about baseball. And that's not a surprising thing because we talked to Kalijah, and he has been football since he was four years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's, you know, from that Miami area where Levante David went to school, um, you know, at Northwestern down there. And so, you know, that that's all they did was play football, or at least all he did, I think. I never asked him if he played baseball, but I think he confirmed it. But, um, yeah, so. Well, and I think he, he nice... confirmed he doesn't play quarterback either, so. <laughs> no, no. He will not be throwing. Yeah. So he spiked um, just... this ball. By the way, he, so he he didn't even get it halfway home, and it uh, hit the turf. Ooh. Like it looked like he way overthrew it. Like he was trying to throw yeah. some heat. Yeah, and he spiked it. That can happen, you know. First pitches, we've seen some bad ones out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Carly Ray Jepsen kind of went Carly, sideways? Fifty on cent. Fifty cent. <laughs> I remember watching Fifty yeah. Cent warm up, and I said to Tom Jones, "I go, if you're Fifty Cent." And he was kind of like tossing the ball with somebody before he went out on the mound. I said, and you're needing instructions to go out there and throw a first pitch? Yeah, you, you, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And it didn't. Yeah. And then um, there's the mayor of Cincinnati. That one was pretty bad. Yeah, now you're talking about the whole league, though, right? Yeah, that went straight like into the dugout. Yeah. I mean, they just <laughs> when that typically happens, like you tend to hold the ball too long. You spike mm-hmm. it a lot. The funniest one I saw – and we'll talk about this guy in a minute, not right away, but we I'll get back to him, uh, was Greg Schiano. They had Greg Schiano out there, Shawshank Schiano. They had Greg out there, and and he got on the bump, as I recall. And, you know, Greg, Greg's, 
I would assume he's played a little baseball in his life, probably played everything a little bit. But, you know, kind of a kind of a weightlifting guy, kind of a jacked up dude at that time. Mm-hmm. And as you would expect, a little overly aggressive personality. <laughs> a little bit. He let he let one go. I have never seen this before since. He let one go that was so far over the ha- the catcher's head that it hit halfway up the backstop <laughs> in on the fly. Now imagine you know how much I mean that's a hundred and twenty foot throw. You know what I mean? Like that that that's a I mean you're sixty six six inches from the mound, and then there's probably another sixty feet behind there or so. Um and it hit halfway up the screen, man, on the fly. Boing. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody muscle up like that before. I was like, holy. It'd be a little different here with Craig. And boy, it was. Um, yeah, we'll get to a story here in a minute about. I remember Guy Boucher doing the first pitch, but the ball was placed on the rubber and he took a hockey stick. Brilliant. Hit it and it was a strike. Brilliant. It was beautiful. That, absolutely. Absolutely. A for creativity, even better for execution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's, and that's who those guys are, by the way. I mean, you know, I've always marveled at how they can, first of all, hit something that's moving that fast at them and hit it so well that they can, you know, knock down what little pie pans in the corners of the net when they're when mm-hmm. they're taking target practice. But um, yeah, so Kalijah Kansi, who you know will be getting OTAs today. At one buck place, veterans and of course rookies, uh, off season training program. It's really organized team activities, voluntary, of course. So they don't have to be there. They should be there. About ninety three percent, ninety five percent of the guys um, have been around. Not required every game, every day. We get to see them about every third day. We're going to be over there on uh, the next three or four Tuesdays. And see who the Bucks make available to us, um, but but it's important. That's why they have them. And I guess if you're the Bucks and you're looking at some of these rankings that the national media has kind of bestowed upon you, your power index. ESPN came out with their power index. We saw what Peter King yeah, I was going to say. Thirty first. They I were mean, a spot higher than Peter King, so you know they're moving yeah, so up. They're moving up. <laughs> they're moving up. They were ranked thirtieth. Just a reminder, there's only 32 teams. <laughs> so they were ranked 30th uh, in, in, in football, in the power rankings there. So I was, at, I was asked about that. I was actually doing a segment on um, you know, my weekly thing on Bay News 9, Spectrum Sports 360. It's a long title. It's one of those. Uh, and so they asked me about, about what, what about ism, you know, what do, do – the pundits have such little respect for the Buccaneers. And really, you could certainly argue they do, but but they don't like the division. I mean, the whole division, they pretty much discount because the highest-rated team, let's just take the ESPN power rankings, were the Saints, and they were 22nd, mm-hmm. okay? And they've got Derek Carr. Like They just went out and spent a ton of money on Derek Carr. We know that defense is still good. Michael Thomas is supposed to be back. I mean, they, they still got they got dudes. You know what I mean? Like they still have pieces here. And then the Falcons are next among the NFC South teams. They're at twenty six, and they have Desmond Ritter. 
who's going to be a first-year starter. He played six games a year ago. They're really high on him. They think he's their future. Okay. And then the Panthers, who just drafted Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winner, they're 27. So they don't like anybody. And the reason is, look at last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. eight wins was one win better than everybody else in the division and won the division at eight and nine in the regular season. And it took Tom Brady to get eight wins. It took Tom Brady with five fourth quarter or overtime wins, come from behind wins, five, fourth quarter or overtime, and and of the eight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it took Tom Brady at, at his Tom Bradyist. Um, and, of course, that's, you know, the GOAT who won three, you know, had three playoff appearances, two division titles, and a Super Bowl 55 victory. So he's gone. So, the, I, you know, here's the thing. I don't put much stock in rankings because they're based on last year. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a projection, you know. But if you won eight games with Tom Brady, not far-fetched to say, okay, they may struggle to get eight this year. Now, I always say this. I've said it on here many times. It's a coach-quarterback league. In the NFL, as much as any, I think, pro sports league, the coach is such a direct you know, has such a direct reflection his team is of him. Um, and then, of course, the quarterback being the biggest reason you have a chance to win. I mean, show me a team that's winning, I'll show you a quarterback that the fan base likes that can get it done. And there's, if there's 14 playoff teams, there's 14, team, 14 fan bases that are okay with their quarterback, sometimes better than okay. The rest of them want a new one. Promise you. You don't make the postseason, they want a new quarterback or a new coach or both. And so now the Bucks are back to where they have always been before Tom Brady, really. And that is this cycle where the rest of the NFL lives. If you don't have one of those guys like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and such, uh, which is change the coach, change the quarterback. And when you get into that spiral, you have very little chance because continuity is really what wins in pro sports, not just – not just the NFL, especially the NFL, but in pro sports. I mean, I look at these playoffs we've been watching in the NBA, right? And even though Boston has a veteran team and they've, you know, they've been far before and favored to go into the finals and all that, when I look at the Miami Heat, it's they may not have the pedigree or the, you know, the resumes of their of their playoffs. A lot of guys undrafted and whatnot, but it's the continuity of the organization. It, it's Pat Riley starts there. Uh, starts with ownership, then to Pat Riley, and, and then you know their coach, um, Eric Spoelstra is, you know, the most tenured, one of the most tenured coaches in the in the NBA. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, that's really what he is. And so when you have that kind of that, that sort of continuity, uh, you know what you're about. You know what you're looking for. You know what players you're looking for. You know the system. That's what kind of wins. Well, the Bucks don't have that anymore. Uh, they change coaches. Going to Todd Bowles was late as last March thirtieth, and of course they, you know, there's no Tom Brady, which we'll get to in a minute because <laughs> apparently there may not. I might be wah, 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 wrong, wrong. <laughs> I don't know because I still have my my doubts about whether Brady was truly retired. Um, the NFL rules may have retired himself uh, a little bit here uh, in just a minute. We'll discuss that, but that's what wins. And and the Bucks they do have some continuity. 
in that this will be Bowles' second year. And there's a lot of players that are still there going back to the Super Bowl years. But you've changed quarterbacks as well. And when you, you, you know, the Patriots haven't replaced Tom Brady, right? And Mac Jones was terrific his rookie year, I thought. And I still remember the game that, you know, Brady went up there and, and, and played them in the second season. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Like, how do you fill that, that void left by Brady? And you're going to do it with Baker Mayfield, who I think is going to win the job, but it's his fourth team since last July. And he's battling Kyle Trask, who has thrown nine more passes than me in the NFL. And believe me, you don't want me out there throwing for you. So they're going to make this a competition. They're going to split reps. I think it's kind of foolish. It, it, to me, it's just the general, you know, sort of the, I guess it's the the culture of football going back to youth league. You know, we're all about competition. You got to earn everything here, you know. Um, and metal sharpens metal or iron sharpens iron, whatever. Yeah, all those cliches are so, you know, so much of the fabric of football. And yet I think it's some of them are just useless, you know. Like my thing is, and I'm not going to harp on this too long because we did a show about it. If if you get paid to evaluate talent, right, like that's your job, okay? Like you're a head coach, you're a GM, you're a, you know, you're in charge of one of these multi-billion dollar franchises. And your whole background is talent evaluation and development. If you don't know who your quarterback, starting quarterback is, really? Really? I mean, really? Come training camp? What are you doing? I mean, again, I think it just goes back to, well, this is the way it's always done. You know, we, we don't have a clear cut winner. And this guy's been around for two years, and he's been a good soldier. We really don't know how good he is, so we're going to split the baby in half, you know, the old King Solomon thing, and and we're going to we're going to we're going to you know chart reps, and Baker's going to get so many with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, and then Kyle's going to get the same ones. You know, we're going to make sure they each have the exact number of reps in games, in practice. So what you're effectively saying, and I'll end here, is that. Eventually, we're going to change. We're going to decide who the quarterback is for the September opener. But when we get there, we'll have a clear cut winner. But that guy that we pick, we've taken away half his reps that he could have prepared. Half of them. In other words, whatever he gets, he could have had twice that many to get ready with a new offense, new personnel. Because remember, Trask has been there for two years and he has relationships with guys. He hasn't thrown to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, even if he wins the job, especially if he wins the job. Hell, the other guy's at least been out there. You know, he he's passed for 13,000 yards and over 100 touchdowns. So he's been in the fire, maybe not with this team, but he's been out there. And you're not you're going to take away half the reps from Kyle Trask if you thought he was the guy? Makes no sense. But if you're evaluating this these teams in the NFC South, um, you're saying, well, we feel a little better about these other three, but in general, we don't like the division, and they're probably going to all kind of beat each other up. And so, yeah, that's 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 where they're ranking them, and they'll have to 
fight their way out of that perception, but it, it doesn't obviously affect anything in terms of well, here's what it affects the TV, the TV uh, schedule. It definitely affects that. It affects the schedule in general because their bye week is like after four games, which is horrible. And that's what they do to teams they don't have much confidence in. And that's the NFL. That has nothing to do with the power rankings because the NFL is telling you sort of what their power rankings are too. Um, but I digress, as they say. Yeah, but we could get more primetime games because you can flex Thursday night games now. That's right. And how inconvenient is that going to be for the fans who like to get the schedule, book their trips, and plan on going to a, a city that they're scheduled to go to on a Thursday night and then find out, yeah, your game is three days later. <laughs> it's just weird, man. Or you booked it for Sunday and it's three games three days earlier. It's three days sooner, right. This, this tells me once and for all, like if you had any doubt, and I don't know why anybody would, the NFL, okay, as much as any league there is in pro sports, is about what? Revenue. And how do you get paid? Television. Okay, well, that's streaming, it, folks. Streaming, Amazon. Anything. Streaming, network, uh, as many different venues. They're going to they're gonna have a playoff game that's going to be streamed this year. That means your team, you may not get to watch your team unless you subscribe. Well, those games right? will be on local over the air. They'll be on locally, yeah. yeah. But So if your team is there, selling, if your local market is, if you're living in the market. Right, but but yeah, exactly. But the rest of the the rest of the country or whatever will have to purchase said product mm-hmm. to watch to watch the playoff game. And that's what everybody's feared. I remember talking to Rich McKay years ago. I mean, years he hadn't been here in the NFL or for the Bucks at least. Been in Atlanta since like oh oh four, two thousand four. But he was saying back then, he goes, you know, his biggest fear, and I think it's kind of evolved to this, or or becoming this, is that the NFL will soon be a little bit what the WWE is, and I mean that in terms of its atmosphere. Film before a live audience. Really small stadiums, really expensive tickets, average guy priced out. They already are in many cases. Lots of amenities, right? But a small studio audience because what? We only care about TV. We're going to price out the local guy, you know. We're going to have smaller buildings that cost less. And they're going to have all the bells and whistles because those are the people, the high rolls that are that are footing this bill, they like that. And you, everybody's going to watch on TV because that's how you're going to see games. Well, it's going to get interesting because ESPN has not really announced, but there's now reports that they're planning to offer a direct-to-consumer subscribe to ESPN. You don't need a cable or a YouTube TV, a direct TV to get ESPN. They're going to offer it direct to consumers in 2025 or 2026. That's a game changer. At that point, well, th- the question is, is it a game changer? Most likely. But what's the price? For them. Point? What's the <laughs> price point? Well, oh, it's good. Yeah. I mean, they're getting $9.70-some cents per subscriber now to everybody who's got DirecTV, YouTube TV, Spectrum, name your cable provider, et cetera. If you've got yeah, ESPN those, on your packages, you're getting nine dollars. ESPN's getting nine dollars and seventy some cents from every subscriber, whether you watch ESPN or not. 
Mm-hmm. When they go direct to market, everyone's waiting for that. Oh, it's going to be better. I'm guessing it's 40 to 50 bucks a month. And that's ESPN. Well, it, it could be. Here's the thing. Um, I could be wrong on that, but it's not going to be cheap. Because no. they're going to go from they're going from you know eighty thousand or eighty million subscribers at this point with cable or what it's dropping all the time at nine dollars a head to maybe ten million. Right, but 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 the overall consumer, all they're doing is cutting out the middleman here because technology has changed. Mm-hmm. Right, they are. Um, it's a it's a little like Blockbuster. Remember when Blockbuster was the thing to do. You come home on a Friday night. It was almost a cultural thing, right? You go out, family goes out. They see they see half the neighborhood at the blockbuster. You had to get there early because all the good selections would be picked over. And mm-hmm. you know, little Johnny gets his little kids some Disney movie, and you pick up something for you and the wife, and get the popcorn. And, and that was like a cultural event. Mm-hmm. Well, you, there are no more blockbusters <laughs> because technology changed all that. Now we have on demand. And we have streaming and stuff, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my wife moved down here, uh, early 2000s, she worked for Tucker Hall, which is a PR firm in Tampa, a very large one and successful one. And one of her first campaigns, she did strategic communications, um, was against the NFL because the network uh, cable company um, – was was being charged a certain fee by the league to air their product, and they thought it was excessive. And so, you know, how competitive can you be if, like, people want your cable, but you don't have the NFL? So you had to try to battle the messages because the NFL then was having a bunch of messages that says, Call your cable provider and tell them right now that their network is about to drop the NFL network, you know, the NFL games, and you want to see your Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you know. So it was this back and forth. But I think what's going to happen is, and I, I could be wrong as rain about this, but I don't, I don't think that I am. Um, you know, these a lot of these cable companies, they're becoming more a la carte, right, all the time. But they also, like, you got to get the sports package, right, or you, this includes the NFL you know, network, or this includes mm-hmm. sort of certain things. So not all that money that they're charging you, they, they're adding their own fees and they're adding, you know, it's like anything else, right? You know, you're not buying wholesale, you know, you're going, you're buying retail from right, the cable. But- so you cut that out and you may save money on one end, right? Cause you don't need as much from right. spectrum, let's say, but it's, you're definitely right about the, the NFL is going to make, they're going to get more money. It's going to cost you maybe, you know, it won't be it won't be five bucks. Let's put it that way. Well, and here's what's happening to consumers. And, and it was funny because I saw a tweet from a Yankees beat writer tonight. And it says Yankees five games this week. There's four different services you have to pay for to watch the Yankees. Because they were the Peacock game on Sunday. Yep. Apple on, game. probably. On, yes, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They were on. Uh, they're going to be the Apple Plus game Friday. Yep. They were whatever they're going to be Wednesday. They were on a different uh, Amazon Prime Wednesday. Yeah. And then yes, third. So it, it, from Sunday to to Friday, it was five games, and it was four different mm-hmm. four different four services different you had to carriers. pay for just to watch the Yankees yeah. that week. That's right. In the NFL, once they go direct to consumer, 
ESPN, Prime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the networks are still over the air at this point. The NBC's, the Fox's, right. CBS's, but but NFL Network costs mm-hmm. you money. Not everybody has the red zone. Not everybody. Not every. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. you, you, you might be able to get that out of cart. Like I have people down the street can't get the red zone. Can't get NFL Network. Or mm-hmm. um, in in the case of my sister who has Frontiers, she can't watch the Rays. Yep. What's, no, I mean you know? I, I subscribe directly to Bally's. I mean, right. To watch Rays and Lightning. I have Spectrum, and they have Bally's. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's changing, man. It's it's going to be it's going to be different, and um, I think a lot more changes are coming too. At some Again, point, there's going to be a breaking point for these networks and leagues. You the think que- so? The question because is well, the question. I mean, at some point, it's going to get to be where everybody's on too many services, and it's just too much, and people start saying, "I'm I can't afford to do this. I'm going to cut back on this or this." Eventually, I mean, I don't think we're there yet, but you already see that with streaming services. Netflix now is just is losing subscribers. Like, you know, they used to be the king of all this. Now they're they're losing subscribers, and they're trying to figure out how to retain and get more back. I mean, that's what all these networks are doing. Well, they lost a bunch when they made it impossible for people to share their accounts. I well, can promise you that they were losing a lot of money that way because <laughs> that that was happening. So when they when they cracked down on that, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but you know, just look at Netflix Netflix selection of movies. It's mm-hmm. not nearly as big as it was a few years ago because now Paramount no. Plus and and HBO There's Max competition. And, That's right. You know, you start There's going a lot with of the Peacock and all these. You know, now all these. There, you know, even Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. You know, used to be able to watch a ton of yep. movies for free on there. Well, That's look right. at the selection now. A lot of the movies that used to be aren't there. You right. can you can That's rent right. them. You know, for mm-hmm. three ninety nine or five ninety nine, whatever it is, but. Yeah. You know, everything's becoming splintered and you're sitting there going, okay, which ones do I want to pay for? Right. It's interesting. I don't know what the tipping point is for the NFL. Mm -hmm. Every time I think that they have reached it or are close to it, their game gets more highly rated. Mm -hmm. They make more money. They create more demand. The NFL is one of the most incredibly marketed Mm -hmm. leagues Anywhere, anywhere. We were talking about this before we came on. They're going to have the draft in Green Bay, Wisconsin next year. Which I'd love it if it snowed. <laughs> well, so would they. Can I just tell you something? So would they. That would if, be the most. I don't know if every draft pick up there would like that, but you know. Oh well, they'll be warm in their backstage in their green room. <laughs> they'll be fine, and and the commission will be fine as well. But let me tell you. Those cameras would love to tune in to storied Lambeau Field. The frozen tundra. The the ice bow and the frozen tundra. They'll march across. You know, the autumn wind is a pirate. You know, all that. So it'll be, uh, it would be phenomenal if you got the statue of Lombardi and little ice falling down. But that's now one of the most highly rated things on television. Like, it wiped out the NBA playoffs or whatever was going on opposite of it. There was nothing that could mm-hmm. be. And understand what that is. And it airs on ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. I mean, it mm-hmm. airs on multiple networks too. And Yes. And for three days, three days and 250-plus picks, it's a guy at a podium calling out a name. I swear to you that's all it is. There's nothing else, folks. No one's going up there and singing. It's not American Idol. 
They're not, they're not, they don't even have a ball in their hands. There's no sporting event. It's more of a fashion show, if you want to be honest. Like maybe you could get somebody to critique, you know, the runway. But beyond that, it's just Roger Goodell getting a whole lot of hugs. And Joe McCoy started that, by the way. He's on Good Morning Football this week, if you want to watch him. It's pretty cool. Um, but that's it. And they killed people in ratings. Just to call out names. I've never understood it, by the way. <laughs> How do 300, 400,000 people stand in a clump to wait 31 other picks go by before their team chooses a guy they probably never heard of on day three of the draft? I just, I don't I'm That's it. I was out when they started charging money at the NFL Combine for people to come in and watch a guy bench press. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're counting reps? What are we talking about? Reps? We're talking about bench pressing here? I'm talking about I mean, workouts. We're not talking about the game. Right. We're talking about workouts. Not the game I love. It's incredible. They have made and have marketed successfully for TV, because these are things that, you know, back in my day, writers would cover. I was out there. I'm, I'm old enough to, you know, 12 of us in front of the Holiday Inn in Indianapolis shivering, waiting for Gil Brandt to bring us a player. Um, between team interviews with these guys. We didn't get to see anything. Well, hell, they didn't even have a media room for us. Now there's like 2,000 people of media go up there and they sit in some giant you know, convention center. But yeah, it, it's now everything is, is a TV show. Everything is a TV show. So I don't know when the tipping point comes for the NFL. They just keep making it. And let me tell you, when they start building these new stadiums, and they do every day it seems, they're going to be smaller, and they're just waiting for all these states now to allow legalized sports betting. And when those you know, little instruments that you can do prop bets at your seat occur, uh, the, st- the franchise values, remind, remember now, the Washington Commander is going to sell for more than $6 billion, billion with a B. Those, those franchise values are going to double. They're going to double. And every TV contract they do, what happens? Well, the damn salary cap goes up about $50 million, and that's half of what they're putting in per team, right? Because the players have about 48% of that, and that they have to use that on player costs. But, buddy, I don't know. You might be right. I don't know when they're going to reach it. I don't think they'll reach it when they put teams in London or in Europe and have a Europe division. I don't know that that's, that's just going to open up more marketing opportunities. One day, what if they, would they play a Super Bowl in Germany? That's not, why is that? That's not far-fetched to me at all. Well, the only problem is, is if you're going to leave it at six o'clock on a Sunday, the here, time, yes, a Monday morning at 2 a.m. over there or that's correct. Or something. But, and I think the game, the game here will be played late you know or no it'd be early right yeah, you'd, have to, you'd have to move it up in the afternoon have to play it earlier but that's happening it's gonna happen in my lifetime i think it will happen because of marketing opportunities and new money new revenue and again it's not about fan bases traveling by the way if i'm in buffalo or someplace and my team makes it to a super bowl i don't care if i gotta go to europe i'm going Airlines are going to make more. Hotels are going to make more. You're still. It doesn't matter if you don't go. There's, you know, 
80,000 German people happy to take your place. And they'll wear the uniform for you. Mm-hmm. They'll cheer like hell for the Seattle Seahawks. They did it when the Bucks were over there. Um, so the atmosphere is going to be the same just because those folks aren't from your city. Again, well, rem- well remember, film, but I mean, you know, half those people there are sponsors and that's it. And the league, people. league, you know, league people. It's not, it's not your average fan. I mean, there's some of those. No, there, but, but again, filmed before a live mm-hmm. studio audience, right? It's a TV show, people. It's the ultimate TV show. And National Football League is perfect for TV because the field is a rectangle. That's it. Follow the ball really easily. You know, so all of that. Um, pretty interesting. I want to get into, uh, <laughs> there's an item on Graciano in Pro Football Talk that I want to discuss. We could do a show and probably should on the Shiano days. Good Lord. All right, I want to tell you first about May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. We've been talking about these guys for some time. They've been installing solar electric systems in the area for 13 years. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. 30 years. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. They're going to customize it completely to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those folks up on the roof doing the job, those are Billy Mays guys. You know who they are and who's doing the job, and that's important. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar. At 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of those appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. So there was an item in Pro Football Talk about Greg Schiano, former Bucks coach, now back with Rutgers for its second stint. And... I'm not exactly sure, Steve. I'd have to go back and read sort of what Pro Football Talk like. What was the genesis of this? He was on thing? a podcast, sure. I believe. Just a, just him talking. I right? think it was an interview with him on a podcast, yeah. Okay. So on this podcast, uh, they, they much have uh, talked about his career, of course. And uh, we know sort of how he came to be the Bucks coach, which wasn't something he actually was pursuing per se, like it wasn't like he was saying, I really want to go to the NFL and I mean he was at Rutgers. Let's not get this twisted. At that time Rutgers was in the Big East, I wanna say. Um I think yes, there was yeah, a Big East. Football they were conference. I, I don't remember where they were right beforehand, but yeah. Yeah. But I think USF was in that too, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yes. for a while. And so they would play each other and then they had, you know, Ray Rice who ran all over the place on USF and it was back in the Levitt days. Uh anyway. It was sort of an accident. Like the Bucks had Chip Kelly, or they thought they had Chip Kelly signed, sealed, and delivered. I've talked about this on the podcast where I wrote the story that they were negotiating, trying to, trying to reach a contract with him. He was at Oregon. It was signing day the next day. Word spread quickly. He got cold feet. Five o'clock in the morning, I get a call from Mark Dominic, voicemail. He's, he's staying in Oregon. I told you this could blow up in our face. It did. Then they were in scramble mode because, you know, now, um, you don't have Chip Kelly, and you don't have a head coach. And now, what's Plan B? Not sure they had a Plan B. They wanted Jeff Fisher. 
he was going to go to the Rams most likely. But at that time, uh, the Rams had also quietly, secretly, and without any fanfare at all, interviewed Graciano because they were trying to think outside the box. If they didn't get Fisher, who's who's that college rising college star? You know, they could get. Um, and nobody knew they had interviewed Shano except, uh, you know, Mark Dominic got a call from one of his good buddies, Kevin Demoff, who was out there that was part of the ownership group, um, worked, worked there in the front office and said, Hey, I, I know, you know, you're not got Chip Kelly. You got to interview this Shiano guy. And so much like the Rams, it was sort of in the cloak of night, you know, in, in darkness where nobody knew they were interviewing Shiano, by the way, was at Stan Kroenke's house when he got the call from Jeff Fisher saying he wanted the job and Shiano said, he goes, I knew who that was on the phone. He, he said, I just got up and said, my, his plane was like four hours later. He goes, ah, just take me back to the airport. And Demo was like, no, 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 no. He'll be, he'll be right with you. Look, I know what that call is. Like, I, you know, this isn't happening here, but he did end up taking the bucks job and talk about a guy from central casting. I remember they'd had a bunch of years with Raheem Morris that were, deemed unsuccessful and undisciplined. And so you always get what you don't have. You had a guy who had never been a head coach. So then you go to the college coach disciplinarian. We remember the great soundbite from Kellen Winslow's junior. Toes on the line, blowing the whistle. I had to get up out of there, man. And he did. Um, and Greg was just central casting, won the press conference, uh, lost everybody else, <laughs> including Josh Freeman, just like, Oil and water, man. Josh Josh was not the guy you wanted to bully. Um, you needed to hug him up more, and it just didn't work. And so Shiano said in this in this uh, podcast, I guess, that he was not, and this is sort of the duh-ooh moment, but he was not prepared for the NFL, as most college coaches aren't. Hello, Urban Meyer, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't translate. It's not the same job. And I remember talking to Greg about this, and it was a little different than what the, his take on the podcast, but he told me once, he said, you know what I didn't get is the coverage, the massive, now remember, he's coming from the Big East at that time, they're not in the Big Ten, the massive coverage of the NFL. He said, I would say something to you guys downstairs, and before I could get up to my office, it was, they were, every, all the pundits were debating everything I had just said in real time, you know, on like five different channels. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's that's how many people cover the NFL. That's how much interest mm-hmm. there is. And so we remember the um, uh, first first road game, maybe the first game ever. I can't remember. I don't know if it was the first game ever. But when we went up and they played the New York Giants and Eli Manning and Giants were like world champions and stuff. And um, – Greg had this thing where even even if the game had pretty much been decided, there's a decorum in the NFL. If a guy's taking a knee, you take a knee, the game's over, you can't get the ball back, right? Not for Greg. Greg wanted, he had his guys charging towards Mannings and trying to dislodge the ball. And Tom Coughlin took great exception to that. And with his finger in Shiano's face, wagged it and said that we don't do that up here. And Shiano spent the rest of the week defending it even some people on TV thought he was right. Why do they get to decide when the game is over? We've done this. If you watch the Rutgers tape, it was like, whoa, whoa, Rutgers tape? But Greg Greg was right. He was not prepared for what the NFL would bring him. And he said, and this is the final thing about the podcast, he said that the night that he learned 
that Rutgers was going to the Big Ten. He was in Tampa. He sat in his office and he cried because that's all he wanted was, you know, to build Rutgers to the point where they would end up in a conference like the Big Ten. And they did, but he wasn't coaching them. Well, and, very par- and part of why he took the job in Tampa Bay is he was afraid Rutgers would get left behind in the conference mm-hmm. realignment. Yes, that's you know, correct. You were afraid that all these other schools would go to big conferences. You're going to be left with nothing. Right. And it turns out they ended that's up right. in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not good, man. <laughs> that's not good. But he ended up back there, and now he's in the Big Ten, and mm-hmm. I think he's where he's at and, and where he belongs, and good coach there probably for the next, you know, however many years he wants to coach. So all's well that ends well. But it's interesting if you want to check it out. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, real quickly, um, the raise, it was... No, hold on, hold on. Sh- Tom Brady's an owner. Or will oh, be. that's right. Another NFL note. We could do a show on this. We could do podcasts on all this in May. The greatness of the Raiders. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Tom Brady, a Raider? We noticed. We know this is happening for a while. Well, I guess he can't but play just, for the Dolphins now. No, he cannot. In fact, he may not be able to play at all. Um, for him to play for the Raiders and the Raiders only, apparently is the rule. Uh, he would need approval from all the all the league owners. Yeah, that's not happening. And I, I, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I don't see the the uh, Hunt family in Kansas City doing that. Do you? Mm-hmm. Spanos in uh, in I, L.A. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd, probably a no vote there. Probably Denver. Probably no. Hey, Sean Payton. Family. You think he's going to say yes to that? Hell, he's not the owner, but the owner will do whatever he wants. They are good wants. buddies, though. I mean, they are friends. Yeah, they'll do whatever Sean wants. So, Yeah, but they are friends. I mean, him and Tom are friends. Yeah, but, but Sean's yeah, got to no. go up against them. No. Hell no. Now, I, I did Hell see the NFL no. did him a solid because he's going to be in New England for week one. Yes. For the opener. But the Raiders open on the road. So, the, you know, no issues of missing the home opener for the Raiders as owner. True. Although as minority owner, I don't know, you know, how many games and all that. I'm just still thinking, like, you're Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that's what the next question is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're Jimmy G, and you're there with uh, with McDaniels, your head coach, Tom's former coordinator for years and years. And no matter what day you go to work, you're not the best quarterback in the organization. The guy upstairs is. <laughs> it's just – and you you got to wonder, you know, if you go – 14 out of 35 with a couple of picks. If they're not going to go, hey, um, put down that glass of wine, Tom, and uh, start start loosening up. Well, that's not the first time that a team's had somebody in the building that could be better at quarterback. I mean, John mm-hmm. Elway was the GM of the Broncos for years, and all those quarterbacks they were going through, I don't care how old Elway was, he was still better than yeah, those guys. That's true. <laughs> he probably was. 
You couldn't move. You could still zing it, though, probably. Yeah, well, I mean, better than the guys they had yeah. come with, Paxton Lynch. The weird and... thing was he was responsible. Like, he was he was not just an owner. Like, he was the GM. Yeah, he was. And for like... a while there, he was the guy trying to find his replacement. Yeah. He didn't do a very just, good job. <laughs> how did Elway not know what a quarterback looked like? Probably because he's too busy playing quarterback to know what a quarterback looked like. Yeah. You know? It's not like Michael Jordan had a great run with the Wizards, right? That's true. Their ownership. But I, I just can't imagine. I haven't asked them. I did see him the other day, and I, I just couldn't. We were, I, I ran into John Gruden working out. I won't tell you where. But I just thought to myself, man, could you have a worse year than poor John, who's you know already battling this, this uh, the NFL and this lawsuit and everything? And then the Raiders. If you remember, those two franchises went different directions because of what? The tuck rule game. And I just, I don't know how Raider fan would, how would you feel if you were a Raider fan and Tom Brady is going to be part of your ownership group? I tell you what, man, is a fumble, okay? It's a fumble. Well, if Tom Brady comes out of retirement to play quarterback, then you'd be pretty excited as a Raiders fan. (laughs) Right, right, right. Sure you would. Maybe. Yeah, of course. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like those wounds, mm-hmm. of course, they've moved to three different cities since then. But that that turned the the the. If you think about the trajectory of those two franchises at that moment, right? The Raiders with Gruden would have gone what to the AFC champ? Was that the AFC Championship game? It was divisional playoff game, right? I think it was divisional. Yeah, I I think it was division. They would have gone to the AFC Championship game, maybe win it, right? And go to a Super Bowl, and maybe they go on some kind of run with Rich Gannon and all those guys. Instead, Adam Vinatieri kicks one, kicks two of them in the snow. They get the tuck rule thing. That game's over, by the way. That that, that very play, when Rod Woodson jumps on the ball, former Michigan teammate of Tom Brady's, the game is over. Uh, not, uh, Charles yeah. Woodson. Charles Woodson, I said Rod. Charles Woodson jumps on the ball. The game is over. And instead, one more bullet. We know what happens. They win. They go. They win the Super Bowl. And the legend is first. And and the Patriots dynasty begins. You just wonder. You can't rewrite history, but there are certain, you know, Well, had the Patriots lost that game, would Drew Bledsoe have been the starting quarterback the next year? He may have been. He may well have been. Because the legend, the legend really grew. You know, the funny thing is, in the championship game, people forget this, Brady got hurt and Bledsoe came in and finished and won the game. Mm-hmm. Like, made plays to win the game. Brady hurt his ankle and could not finish. And so the debate between the Super Bowl, the championship and the Super Bowl was, well, what's Belichick going to do? On the one hand, Bledsoe's been his guy all the way until he got hurt. Brady took the mantle, took him all the way to the championship. Then Brady got hurt and Bledsoe won the game. Now you're going to the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you go back to Bledsoe? And so that debate, and, and Belichick shut it down fairly quickly, said, no, we're sticking with Brady, and it was the right decision, obviously. Um, and that's the whole, you know, Tom versus time thing where, you know, Bledsoe, they win the Super Bowl, and Bledsoe congratulates Brady, and then he goes back to his home in Montana, gets on a ski lift, and cries himself to sleep. <laughs> this is brutal. But just think about that. Like, so many so many things can can the fortunes of two franchises completely turn on a call that many don't believe was right 
at the time and um, still don't. And that guy, that guy is going to be welcomed by the silver and black fans? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You might have to put on a helmet to be welcomed back. I'm just kind of curious about that. Well, you can kind of say Brady won two Super Bowls for the Bucks. Yes. Because indeed. had the Raiders won that game. Right. Maybe they go right. on further, but then maybe the Raiders at that point don't trade John Gruden to take They're not back. trading. That's exactly what I'm saying. They're not trading John Gruden. They're not. And they and he doesn't come here and Dungey's fired and the next guy doesn't win the Super Bowl and you know, because he can't beat the Raiders and, and John's still there and you know, it was the perfect storm because he knew all of Rich Gannon's audibles and played quarterback in practice. Like the leg, like all that matters, man. Like all of it matters. And so it's really interesting to think that that singular play by that dude um, who dropped the ball and got called a tuck rule uh, made enough plays in that game to get Benetieri a couple snow kicks, and now he's going to he's going to be pulling on the silver and black man. It's just I don't even know what Al Davis would think about that. I don't even know. Just um, win, baby. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Can you throw the deep ball? That's the other thing. Al Davis would not have Jimmy Garoppolo because he can't throw the deep ball. That's another story. All right. Uh, the Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. It was a little shaky in the bullpen. Just one, just saying, just, you know, the tying runs were on. The go-ahead run was in scoring position, all that. Um, they get Dante Bichette to tap back to the mound to Pete Fairbanks and end the game. And um, so now. It was good to see KK back, and he showed off his arm. He did. He threw how how fast was the ball? Well, first, first of all, Rosarena challenged him to second base. They called him yes. out, but it was overturned. He was barely safe. Yes, bigger bases. And mm-hmm. then he threw out Wander Franco trying to score from third. Threw at ninety seven point nine miles an hour. That's incredible to me. What he's like? What thirty four, thirty five years old, something like that? Mm, yeah, somewhere up there. Ish, ish. Mm-hmm. He's he's, he's always a, had a hell of an arm. Having a great season, leading the league in defensive runs saved. He's, he's hitting, hitting really well this year, hitting the fastball yeah. really well. Yeah. So he made some adjustments mm-hmm. in the offseason. Of course, now he would be a good hitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they did the tribute, and I was kind of disappointed. I mean, not that you would, you know, hey, Rays fans, let's go out on a Monday night and welcome Kevin Kiermaier back. But there was a little shy of 9,000 there. Um, but they did the tribute. They played it on TV. It was nicely done. Remember, they, they did nice the tribute job. last year, like the, the I, next to last home game. He wasn't left yet. Yeah, yeah right. He was like, hurt. but they, they thanked him, and he hadn't even decided. I mean, it hadn't, wasn't official. They weren't coming back. But I guess they kind of was official. So they could have just replayed that. But, um, yeah, he was a little emo about it. And, you know, I've just, you know, such of my career was here. I loved the fans. I loved everything about playing for the Rays. And my eyes are green. They're not blue. That's the one thing. They didn't match the uniform. Um, but yeah, we love we love KK. He was a, he's been a great player for them. And Toronto's kind of scuffling a little bit. You know, they're even though everybody in the American League East has a winning record, they've been the one. Well, team in the division, they're what five and thirteen, I think. Yeah, that that's what's happening. They're beating everybody else like the rest of the division, but they're getting beat within its own division. So Rays just have a stupid record at home. Are they 22 and 4. With... Jeez, man. How'd they lose four? <laughs> uh, it's it's just incredible. I mean, 22, and it's just lights out. And they continue to hit home runs. They had three more again the other night. Mm-hmm. Randy Rosarena, uh, number 11. 
they're chanting his name. Yeah, they right? did the roll call. The, uh, the fans did the roll call today. They were chanting out everybody's name. That's crazy, man. It's the first time I, I know Andy and, and Neil on the radio were talking about it's the first time they've ever seen that at the Trop. You know what's cool is that because they're so entertaining, and I, I'm sorry, but like whether it's the rule changes or those guys just maturing and growing up, we've talked about Josh Lowe and Randy and Wander and all that. Um, the Trop has some energy now. Like it's not like before, like even with the Rays were winning, it was kind of like stoic and not a lot of involvement. And, you know, you'd have to get the let's go Rays chant going on the mm-hmm. on the intercom or the loudspeaker or whatever. Now it's kind of a, you know, with Randy Land with, um, mm-hmm. you know, some stuff going on. More engaged crowd. Well, uh, at, I, at I think I think it's uh, but it's Randy Land, but it's they have bona fide superstars. They do. That are they personalities. Do. They are. Like, Evan Longoria was a superstar. No question about it. Mm -hmm. But he was such a Mm low-key personality. That's true. Like, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't, didn't speak a lot, didn't, you know, wasn't going to flex and do all that stuff. You know, that just wasn't his personality. He's a bona fide Mm -hmm. superstar. No question about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you had Carl Crawford and BJ Upton. But, I mean, that's a decade ago or more. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, for players that play almost every day, they haven't had studs. They have good no. players in this, but they've got bona fide yeah. superstars now that have yeah, some personality, that Chick love to smile, horrible. love to show it off, love to, to flex and, and all that stuff. Jose I mean, Suri, did you see the bat flip that that guy had? Absolutely. You know, Yandy Diaz, when they were chanting his name in the roll call, flexed to the, the left field crowd. That's awesome. And, you know, That's it's, awesome. They have, they have a lot of personality in this team, which is easy then to create that energy. Yeah. Embrace and create mm-hmm. energy, yeah. You know, and no, it's, it's, nice. it's great that the fans have been doing it. And Randy Land, that you know, out left field has been a huge success on Friday night. Genius, genius. You know, and and, and the players have embraced it, which is part of it too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His whole flexing thing. He did it at first base after the home run this time. It was weird. He did it third as well. Um, he kind of does it. To, he do it he does it to the base coaches basically. He goes, <laughs> just, just stop at every mm-hmm. base and do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's been great. It's that that the energy part of it's been great, and really, Randy brought that from World Baseball Classic. He was, mm-hmm. you know, full of energy in that one, and and helped Mexico, and uh, it's just kind of continued on. But yeah, a lot of flavor on that baseball team, and uh, a lot of camaraderie, and they're having fun, and it's it's fun when you win, right? But the biggest thing is just the home runs. Mm-hmm. I ninety four of them in forty nine games. I don't know how, as a team, like, okay, okay, so Josh Lowe makes the transition, has confidence. They figured he could hit a lot of home runs. That makes sense to me. Jose Suri has got seven. He had all seven all of last year. They didn't play every day. Granted, he wasn't here that long. But based on his at-bats, you know, it's stupid how many he has. And and so many guys, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, some 10, 11, like, you just go right through the lineup. And that's that's a ton of home runs, and that, that it's just unusual that the whole team would catch fire like that. And I'm not suggesting anything. I'm not a WFAM uh, talk show host, but uh, that's to me that's the whole deal, right? They're scoring seven runs a game, you know. By the way, Josh Lowe going into the game was on pace for 37 home runs. 30 stolen bases in like 101 RBI. Jeez. 
MVP numbers. So only 22 players in history have been a 30, 30, and 100. Now, you know, he's got to get to there and, and, you know, we're only at the, you know, just past the Long way to go, but But, but still. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they got, to me, they got three, maybe four, depending on when Wander crawls out of his slump a little bit. Did have a triple the other night. Um three legit MVP candidates on this team. You know, mm-hmm. and, and well, I guess you could well, say McClanahan too. Well, you could say McClanahan, you could say Yandy Diaz, you could say Arena, you could say Josh Lowe. Yeah, yeah. And and Wander, you're not even talking about Wander Franco. Well, I talk about Wander just because he's, his batting average is not what yeah. it will be, but. It'll yeah. be interesting all-star time, how many make it. Oh, five, six. But Zach Eflin could make it too. Absolutely, it could be two pitchers for sure. And doesn't Kevin Cash? If you're, it, how does it work now? If you're leading the American League or had the best record in, in the American League, you it, get to be I thought it was the World Series a year before. Oh, okay. Well, then it won't be, it won't be Kevin Cash, but he'll be he'll be a, he'll probably get an opportunity to, to manage. But it won't matter because you know unless and again you still battle the fan vote and all that. But um, but they're just having such a great year that you would you would expect there to be a lot of rays on there. Josh Lowe deserves. It. I mean, if if they, you know, if it was a midpoint now, you could have f- at least four position players, I would think. You know, and then probably a couple of pitchers. So yeah, pretty cool. All right, so I'll be at One Buck Place uh, early this morning, or depending on when you listen to the podcast on Tuesday morning, the Bucks will have their uh, first OTA practice. Uh, again, it's it's not. It, it, kind of resembles there's no pads there's no hitting it's a lot of teaching um but we'll have a chance to talk to some players probably around noon and then uh head coach todd bowles as well so check all of that coverage out in the tampa bay times and on tampabay.com and then the rays continue their series against the blue jays and then after that they got the dodgers coming to town so it's a nice long home stand where they've dominated at the trop and i would think the crowds would get bigger and louder and all of that stuff so that'll be fun to watch as well Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.